Hey everybody, I'm Nina T and this is Kid Like Faith. On this week's episode, we're going to the castle of dreams and uh, don't get caught sleeping because this story is going to be so fun. We have so much gems of faith that we have to dig out of this one. It's so much that I had to take a break in the middle, y'all. I mean, it's so much, but it's okay. You're going to enjoy the ride because I promise you, This dream is going to be one that is going to be a sweet one. So grab yourself some good popcorn or maybe you're on the road. So just just go on and let the cruise control take over and just take a listen to our faith gems in Disney's Sleeping Beauty. All right, guys, so you know how we do this. We start like we start every week from the beginning because that's just where we start. So in the beginning of Sleeping Beauty, um, we are told the story of this king and queen who have longed for a child. They have one and they name her Aurora after the dawn because she brings sunshine into their life. Um, Then because she is born and because it's a... Um, big celebration the story for us starts when she's born and they the king and queen plan um, for everyone to come and celebrate this infant princess Um, they all bring uh, gifts to adore her and um, songs are sang you know and it's amazing because all she is doing at this point is being born We see the celebration that happens at her arrival, yet she has done nothing to deserve (laughs) a celebration other than exist. I think sometimes we tend to put um, our approval and rest our approval from God, the king, uh, based on things that we have done, uh, things that we have accomplished, when truth be told, he approved us as soon as we entered the world. He, he approved us when he had the idea to create us. Um, and when that plan was set in motion and our father and mother came together to make us to be, no matter what situation we entered into, the answer and the response of God was an approved, it is good. Remember, everything that he made in the beginning, after he made it, the response was, it is good. It didn't do anything 
but be and exist and the response and approval of God was already on it. So we can take from that a point of our birth was enough for God to celebrate. Our arrival into the world was enough for God to approve us, to stamp us, and to um, make sure that we knew that the day we entered the world, even though we may have entered into different circumstances, we may have been planned or not planned by our parents, but to God, it was a joyous occasion um, because we entered the world in order to fulfill God's plan, the king's plan for his kingdom, just as Aurora did. Now, King Herbert and Prince Philip are a neighboring um, king and prince, um, and they are friends with King Stefan, who are who is um, Aurora's father. And they come to bring a gift to Aurora. And because King Herbert and King Stephan want to unite their kingdoms, they use Aurora and Aurora's birth um, as the segue to make sure that everyone is aware that these two children that came from them are to be wed together when they get an appropriate age. They are betrothed, right? And they are each other's intended. Now, it's interesting because the narrator makes sure to tell us that Philip, as a young boy, brings his gift and is unaware that he is looking at his wife. Now, when we see Philip look into the cradle to see Aurora, we see him make a face of disgust, which is very weird because um, she wasn't an ugly human being, right? Um, She wasn't. Uh, a a ugly person when she got older, but we don't know what she looked like fresh from, uh, fresh into the world, right? Fresh into, especially because of the blessings that and the gifts that she received. So we'll talk about those gifts in a minute. But most of the time, when you see something that is meant for you, intended for you um, in an undeveloped stage, it doesn't look like much. It doesn't look like anything to be excited about, anything to um, celebrate, especially because it has not matured to the point where it would benefit you. Um, So at this point, all he knows is he is a big hoopla for this little infant baby. He brings a gift and looks in and is like, is this what we're celebrating? Is this the, this is the whole big deal? Like, this is why I had to travel. <laughs> this is why dad has been making a fuss. His, her dad has been making a fuss, but it's because it's an undeveloped state. You don't know what it's going to mean to you later. You don't know. Just like when God calls us into purpose and gives us something, right, um, that he's calling us to, nine times out of 10, our response to God is normally, I can't do that because we're looking from the immature place and we're looking at it as if it is the final stage as what it's going to be, but it's only at the beginning. And so sometimes we need to take a step back and choose to agree with God, even if we don't see what he sees. Even if we don't see why there's such a big, huge celebration now, um, we must be very careful to not uh, disagree or speak negative 
uh, over what God is developing for us because it was intended not just for the kingdoms to unite, but it was intended for them to be a help to each other. And so what we realize next is that, again, people are bringing gifts and there are three good fairies who are next up to bring their gift. Each one of them gave a single gift, but with their gift, there came a song. So Flora, which was the uh, pink, uh, <laughs> pink uh, outfit um, fairy uh, or red outfit, whatever you, you see, um, the outfit that or the gift that she gave was the gift of beauty now she only said i give you the gift of beauty but what came out was she'll have hair as you know gold and as the sun and she'll have lips red as rose and all of these things right that came and followed the word beauty now for us um let me continue with with the gifts first um and then fauna said i give you the gift of song and then the word that came behind that was to to what that song would be and what who it would affect and how she would engage with song and so all of these things um gifts and i'm gonna pause on the third gift but those two gifts specifically um were given and once they were given the words that made them what they are came along with them. It wasn't like the fairies had to uh, declare the things. No, once they said beauty, all the things that they needed to be beauty or all that, all the things that would require beauty or bring her beauty that would make her beautiful um, showed up in song over her. So I don't know if we know this, but when we were created, God had an intent, right? We know that. We know he had a plan. We know he had a purpose. But there was something that he spoke over us and invested in us. And when he invested us, the song of the Lord began to continually be sung about us. Again, before we had a chance to agree, before we had a chance to say no, before we had a chance to say yes, before we had a chance to do anything, the song song of the Lord was resting over us, right? And everything that we needed to be what he said began to sing and declare. It was a declaration of one word that became uh, multiple words, right? And so if God had said, you know, Janine's going to be a healer. I'm just throwing things out. Then, then heal everything that was necessary for me to become a healer showed up. And the word about me was, was over my head and God was singing it over me, no matter if I had agreed with it or not, because the word of the Lord, his blessing cannot be reversed. Uh, the, the, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, right? We know that. And it adds no sorrow to it, right? And then there's a scripture that says, I have a command to bless and the blessing cannot be reversed, right? So what was sung over you, whether you enter into the perfect will of God or not to achieve the word, it doesn't mean the song stopped. It just meant that you didn't engage with all that he said or sung over you. And I want us to be um, so intentional or intentional about tuning into God's song about us. What was God saying when we were created? What was God saying? What was his intention in making us? What problem did he solve? And then what showed up as a response to help us become those things that he had already said? 
Now, before we get to the third um, fairy, as she's speaking, she's about to release the third gift. And before she can release the third gift, she is stopped because Maleficent interrupts an entrance with an entrance, right, of smoke, right? And she comes in and she's upset because she wasn't invited to the party. She sees all of these dignitaries. She sees all of these people, all of these things. Everybody showed up. And she was like, well, I, what was my invitation? Lost in the mail? Like, what was what was the problem? And one of the fairies responded, you weren't wanted. Maleficent says, I was hoping it was a mistake. And then she says, well, I'm going to leave. Like, straight like that, matter-of-factly. As if she wasn't offended. And the <laughs> one of the fairies said, you're not offended, your excellency. I find it very hilarious that even the fairies um, called this evil thing excellent. But I want us to understand that even the things of darkness, even the things that are working against us work excellently because they want to accomplish the, uh, the, uh, the opposite of what God wants to accomplish in us. So they know that they have to be on guard, on point, and they have to be very wise with how they can talk us out of purpose, right? So instead of um, Maleficent being real about the fact that she was uh, <laughs> she was offended, she did something that nobody was expecting. And she ma- masqueraded it as, I'm going to give a blessing just to show that it's all in goodwill. But when she began to speak, you started to feel that she was actually very offended. You started to feel that her words weren't to bless, but they were to curse. And just as God has released a word about us and released a purpose about us, we have to also know that the enemy's plan is also been released. He's also speaking um, his will and his agenda in the same ear if not in the same way, just so that we can be fooled and think that there's only uh, his plan and his purpose when technically God's purpose is the one that shall prevail or should prevail, but he loves to give us options. Let's take it back to the garden. Eve was only created to be what God intended her to be. But he showed up with options and because he showed up with options and she had no context for what he was saying to her, she had no real identity. Um, she had she, she hadn't even been named to this point. She was just woman, right? So because she didn't have identity, because she didn't really, know, she knew the command, but she didn't know her purpose in fulfilling it. Uh, and for all of these reasons, when he began to talk to her about, who she was going to be uh, or who she would be if she had ate the fruit. It showed up like you're making me miss out on another opportunity to be something that I would rather be. I would rather be like God, even though he already made me like him. I don't know that, though. I, I don't I'm not I'm not engaged with that truth. I'm engaged with the fact that there is someone telling me I'm missing out on something and I don't want to miss out. What ended up happening was Maleficent's word was released and the word was released that she would not only live to see 16, but when she got to her 16th birthday, that she would prick her finger on a spindle and die. The, the word that released 
It was like, okay, you're going to live, but you'll only live to a certain point. You'll live until you get to this space. And then my trap for you is that when you think you have lived to love into the age of maturity, then I'm going to trap you by word that you will, you will die. You, you're, you're going to come against and into something that is going to make you die. Now, what I, what I think is hilarious is that the next word after she leaves, right? Cause she's got to go after this. Cause they're going to try to, to take her out, even though they can't, um, the next word was, well, what can we do? And the king asked the fairies, can you reverse it? And they said, oh no, her powers are too strong. Especially since no one came against the word. Now, the, the, the good thing is that technically, while they could not change the word that was released, they could change the direction of how it turned out. So although there are going to be trials and tribulations that have already been set up, right? There have been things that the enemy is put in our way, right? And has planned just as God has planned, right? So there are things that have been planned for us to come up against. And the enemy's will is that we fall to it. We succumb to it and then because of that, we die. But the truth of the matter is that while that those situations can't be removed, while the afflictions can't be removed or taken away, while the, even the thorns can't be taken away, what God has allowed is the ability for someone to speak into you and change the trajectory of how your life was supposed to end up. I got to calm down because this is making me excited. Uh, and, and it only makes me excited because I know how close I was to death. When you realize how one decision could have cost you your life, it makes you excited that the word over your life was still, she will live and not die and declare the word of the Lord. So while, while Maleficent said that she would die, Meriwether used her last gift and she said, okay, well, I can't change what was said. I can't change what you were born into. I can't change the word curses that they put over you. I can't change what your mama told you you would be like. I can't even change what your father agreed you would be like. But what I can do is I can use the power of my tongue. Woo-wee. I can use the power of life and death that lives in my tongue to declare that when you come up against what she said you would come up against, if it happens... Then you won't die, but you'll end up, good Lord, you'll end up just going to sleep. It's the same conversation that Jesus said about Lazarus. While technically Jesus got news of Lazarus being sick way before he died, uh, he waited and he was fine with delaying his his uh, response because he knew that eventually he was going to go see Lazarus. And whether he was in the state that he was in or whether he was dead, it was actually better that he be dead. 
Because when he died, when he when he died, then he could show in his power that he was just sleep. He 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 could show that while you saying one thing about this, I see it a totally different way. And and uh, so technically, the, when they get the word that Lazarus has died, Jesus says, "Okay, we got to go see Lazarus because our brother is asleep." And the disciples are like, well, if he's late, just let him rest. He all right. And Jesus was like, well, let me change the language because you don't see it like I see it. And if you see it, then you like I said, then you'll understand why I said sleep. I said he is he is asleep, but he's actually dead. But I'm going to wake him. We, we have to go there because what is in me, the power of my tongue and life and death that lives in me, the, the audible response of God will quicken that dead body so that dead body will hear the word and respond to what it heard. It will change the trajectory trajectory of Lazarus' life. So while he is in a grave now, what I'm saying is by the time we get through, he will not be dead, but he may be asleep. And when he comes back, he'll be coming back because like they said, Lord, have mercy. They said she comes back. She will be awakened because of true love. The, the, now, what other love do you know? other than the the true and living God who is love, right? And shows up in the person of Jesus to get to a tomb, to call Lazarus out, not so that he can get glory just to himself, but so that his father can get glory. And so that Lazarus knows that you are literally the disciple I love. I stopped my schedule. I stopped what I was doing to call you out of death because I loved you. And I wanted you to know that it was just sleep. What you said was dead. I changed the word about it. It's sleep. And I'm coming to wake it up with true love. Lord, this is turning into a message. All right, here we go. So the king, because the king is uh, a kind king and because he is a king who uh, realizes and understands the power of uh, measures, right? Taking boundaries, having boundaries sets things in order to where the spinning wheels that would have been um, accessible are burned. So he's saying, in order for me to make sure that you don't hurt yourself, in order for me to make sure that this prophecy does not come true, I'm going to burn up all of the resources that would lend themselves to make sure that you become what you say, what, what, what has been spoken, right? And while that is seems like it's good enough, what they realize is that Maleficent is not just going to let this sit back and, and, you know, they're not going to just let her just be around. And, and if the word is spoken, it's going to come to pass. She's going to come up against a spindle. Even if, even if Maleficent makes a new one, it's going to happen. She's going to come up against a spindle. So what, uh, one of the fairies, I think, I believe it was Flora. What she says is, well, what we'll do is we'll make her a flower. You can't prick your finger if you're a flower and, and that's easy. So I'll just change who you are. And I'll just change your character and I'll just change what you were made to be. And, and I'll change you and I'll change even uh, what what you what the word has been said. So I'll change the, the whole trajectory by just changing your nature. If I change the nature, then you won't be able to fulfill the promise. But what the other fairies know is that 
Maleficent is not going to give up that easy. She'll be expecting you to change its purpose, change its uh, identity, change it. She's 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 expecting that. That's something she's expecting. So she has even a tactic prepared for you doing that. Now, here's the funny part that I found out. If they would have changed her and made her a flower, then they would have removed all of the words that and gifts that they had given to her in the beginning because flowers don't have golden hair and flowers don't have lips red as as a rose and flowers don't have the gift of song and so all of those good words would have also been canceled out because of their need to protect or their wanting to protect it but she had to become what she was supposed to become she had to grow in grace and maturity she had to grow in grace and beauty. She had to grow and be able to wield a song. And no matter what they did um, to try to change the nature, it still would not have changed the attack. If you change the person, then you change. The, it's going to be attacked. So no matter what you try to be, let's say it that way. If if you if you want to decide, well, because I don't want to go against my purpose, or I don't want to come into my purpose because there's too much stress there, there's too much trial there, and and to become what God has said. I was going to become is is too much and I don't ever want to come up against that if you ever decide that you're going to be something else just know that there is you are not safe from the attack especially because you're more vulnerable because you're outside of the will of what you were supposed to be so even if you choose uh let's say God says uh you're going to be a prophet and and you say well, that's a lot of weight. I don't necessarily want that. I, I, I actually think that I would be very good uh, doing usher work. Not that we're limiting ushers, and I thank God for ushers because they are necessary. But what we're saying is, God, what you said wasn't going to keep me safe. So what I'll do is I will make it safe for myself. But every day that you stand on a post that is not your post, then you end up uh, not only leaving your space empty, but you end up running into other problems because you're out of alignment of where you're supposed to be. We have to be okay and know that if we are supposed to become something, everything that we need is in us in order for us to become. And no matter what we have to come up against, and no matter what the enemy sends our way, and no matter what the word is he's speaking, it cannot override the word of God that we will become. So, we thank God because <laughs> these lovely fairies had a decision to make and they made one in love why do I say that because they said they were trying to figure out a way to combat Maleficent and come at her a way that she wasn't looking how to how can we do this or how can we make sure that this word comes to pass and how can we make sure that this daughter doesn't get uh, killed and, and, and doesn't die she's still she's still alive how can we do that and what they decide is Aha. What she doesn't know, Maleficent has never known love. And what we know of love is love protects, love covers, love hides, love conceals, right? And so what they say is, because we love her, we're going to remove her from out 
in the open, right? And we're going to cover her and make sure that she doesn't necessarily know her identity first. She can't know where she comes from. She's going to be raised in a cottage. She's going to think we are human. She's going to think we're her aunt. She's going to think that we are we are just taking good care of her, that, that she was born to us. We're going to change the trajectory, um, but we're not going to change her nature. So she's got to grow up the way she's supposed to grow up to, to fulfill the word. But what we're going to do is we're going to take her away until the day after her 16th birthday. Or we'll take her away until her 16th birthday. And then once she is away, Maleficent won't be able to find her. And we'll make sure that the word will live past. Woo! Good Lord. Thank you, God. Will live past the curse that was spoken over it. Can I let you know that the Lord himself has assigned people. He has assigned uh, certain families. He has assigned even angelic presences to make sure that you become what he said. No matter what was uh, traumatic in your childhood, trust me, I've got trauma in mind, so I understand. Um, Enduring trauma can make you feel like there is no purpose. But the very fact that you made it out of trauma is clue enough to you that what was on you and in you, what was spoken about you, could it overrode the word, uh, it overrode the act that was done against you to try to make you uh, perish and never become. So if you are going to um, ever ascend and ever see uh, what you need to become or, or even see the purpose of God fulfilled, we've got to make sure that we are around the right people who who know what their enemy is planning, who know that there's a gift on the inside even before we know. See, see, our families, and this is what I'm learning recently, is that our families are not necessarily built to make us happy all the time. They, 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 they their responsibility wasn't to always give us all of the good things that we wanted. Uh, but their their assignment was to develop us. Their assignment was to protect us. Their assignment was to love us. And sometimes while I was being raggedy, especially in my family, while I was being raggedy, my family was covering me because that's what love does. Love covers a multitude of sins. And so this child hadn't even done anything yet, but love showed up to cover. Love showed up and said, okay, before you even get out here, before you even get close to a spindle, let me go ahead and take you out of the environment. Let me change your whole life. Let me, let me just, I'm just going to switch it so that you will feel covered and protected and you have space to become. Ooh, this is a good part because they say in the, in the, the story that 16 years go by and as 16 years go by, uh, the fairies are raising uh, Aurora, who they have named Briar Rose. They changed her name just so she they could conceal her identity. And they are raising her. And while the, the, the kingdom knows what's going on, Maleficent knows what's going on, she doesn't understand why her henchmen haven't found Aurora yet. It's been 16 years. They've been scouring all around and they can't find every time she sends out somebody, she sends out her goons to find this child, to find who is now 16. They're trying to find her. They, they come back with nothing. And so she's like, 
I can't believe, but the, the story says that the storms of frustration that surrounded her castle let them know and prove to them that the prophecy had not been fulfilled. What prophecy? The evil one that Maleficent released, the evil curse that she tried to release had not been fulfilled. And the reason they knew was because of the storms of frustration. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but just the mere fact that you are alive the enemy has not accomplished his will and agenda against you. And so because he has not accomplished woo, with everything that he planned in, 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 in advance to do, he, he has not accomplished his plan. It's frustrating him because he's like, every time I send an attack, every time I send somebody her way to try to throw her off course... Every time I send somebody that way to make that brother question his masculinity or question that he's even called to question if he's a bit or he's available to be used by God, if he'll ever get out of the circumstances that he's in, what, whatever the it is, whatever he's sending your way, he's like, why is it that every time I send something, they can never find her? And so what we realize is that the henchmen are looking for a baby. They said they turned over every place, every nook, every cranny, and every cradle. So this whole time, for 16 years, they have been looking in cradles, trying to find the baby that is now matured into a young adult. Lord have mercy. There are some of the enemy's goons, uh, his assigned people that have been looking for you. They've, they've, they've known you as a baby. They knew when you just came to Christ. They knew when you first believed. They knew when the idea of what God was saying about you was released. They knew before you knew. And so they knew back then, but they do not know is that during this time where love has concealed you, during this time where love has hidden you, that love has made you develop. Love has made you mature. Love has said, I will not leave you in an immature state, but I will cause you to be able to grow into the word. Did Briar Rose get everything right? No. But did she mature? Yes. So why they can't find her is because they are only looking for the last thing they knew her as. So the, the attack on the enemy or from the enemy is to a person that no longer exists. Woo! To a baby who no longer exists. To an immature state that no longer exists. The attack was meant for your old you. But if it, you be in Christ, as the Bible tells us, all things become new. All old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. The reason the attack couldn't find you, the reason the enemy couldn't take you out is because he's looking for, he's been looking for you to respond as the old you, but you have become mature in love to at least the adolescent stage. And to where you're able to know, I can't respond that way anymore. I can't, I can't do that anymore. I can't even engage in that behavior anymore. So every time the enemy shows up thinking you're going to be in a certain place, he finds himself confused because he's like, well, I've been looking for the one that I knew I spoke into debt. And I don't understand why I don't, I don't find, I was, I was prophesying that she was going to be sick and, and dead and now 
I'm looking in infirmity and I can't find her. It's because love took away the curse or it, it hid you from the curse so that you could mature into the blessing. Woo, let me calm down, Jesus. All right, so 16 years, they've hidden her. They've called her a different name. And now at 16 years old, they're ready to celebrate because they've done a good job. They have hidden her so well that no one was able to find her. That she knows nothing of her old life. She knows nothing about what was spoken over her. She doesn't even know that there were curses spoken over her. She doesn't even know that Maleficent is looking for her because they had done such a good job hiding her from the trouble and the trauma. Now, the fairies want to celebrate because they've done a good job, I said. And so they throw what or their plan is to throw a 16 birthday party, a sweet 16 party for Miss Briar Rose. And, and we're going to refer to her as Briar Rose for right now because that's all she knew she was. And uh, so the fairies decide, well, I want to make a cake and I want to make a dress and I want to. And so none of these things they have accomplished before, but they have decided because they are super excited about this uh, celebration of their job well done. They can do anything. They, they, they're just open to do anything. Now, granted. Because they were fairies and they had magic on their side, they could have done anything. But during this time, they decided not to use magic because magic would have probably signaled Maleficent as, as to where they were. So they think that in their natural strength, they can do anything because of what they have done already. Most of us have the same problem. Most of us see ourselves do something great, achieve something great, and we don't necessarily know we've done it with the help of God, with the grace of God. There has been grace for us to do a certain thing, right? And we accomplish, even if we accomplish great things that are in our natural abilities to do, right? It was in their natural ability or their capability to love. So, so they ascend to that place and they love well and they hide her well. And then the next thing we know they think, because I did this well in strength, I can do this in my own strength. We have got to be very careful with un uh, overestimating the power of our flesh. Because the flesh is not always on board with doing things that we think and know we can do. See, our mind will tell us, well, if I can do that, I can do this. And our flesh is so fickle that it will say, okay, let, let's, let's try it. I, I, I'm sure. Let's let's do it. We don't have to go to no school. Like, all right, mine. All right, let's not go to school. Let's not. Tr let's just go ahead and try it because we can do anything now. And we end up taking on more than we need because technically our strength was in love. And if God is love, then our strength was in God. And when we try to put all of the strength on our natural flesh, we realize that Flesh isn't as strong as we thought. And, and most of the time when we talk about flesh, uh, we, we know that it is uh, not necessarily reliable, right? And in the scripture, when Jesus is going to Gethsemane to pray, 
Um, he has the disciples, uh, most of them are far off, but he takes three with him and he tells them his soul is uh, grieved, right? Um, and that he needs them to stay up with him and pray. He goes off to pray. When he comes back from his prayer session with God, just being vulnerable, he looks around to his help who he's brought with him and the help is sleep. The, the help, the help is knocked out and he wakes them up. It's like, can y'all just stay up for an hour? I just need y'all to stay up for an hour and pray with me. Like he said, watch, watch and pray because you don't understand your flesh is will. I mean, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Your flesh is susceptible to temptation. And so what he was saying in that moment is, I know you have put uh, all of this strength on you being my disciples and just just off the mere fact that you're my disciples you believe you can just stay up and watch but what I need you to know is that your flesh is tired your flesh has been walking it has been doing it has been growing it has been moving it has been walking with me you are more tired than you know and because you are more tired you are more susceptible to temptation and so what I want you to do is watch and pray with me so that you don't fall into temptation so that you don't uh, fall into temptation so much that you're far away from what I actually need you to be, which is in tune. And uh, what these ladies didn't understand is that they had been going for 16 years. They had put too much, uh, uh, too much power and too much emphasis on their flesh and what their flesh, right? What they were able to accomplish without the help of their magic wands. And so when they start making cake with no recipe and don't really under, well, they had a recipe, but they don't really understand how to read it. And, and the cake, they folding in, uh, eggs as whole eggs without cracking them. And, and it's like, they're trying to make a dress and then they start from the floor. It's, it's just, it's just so many different things that they're doing wrong, but it's because they put too much reliance on their flesh. Okay, let me calm down. So, so what we realize is that they've sent away Briar Rose and Briar Rose is out and she's singing <laughs> because her, her gift of song has grown up with her. And it's a beautiful sound because it's mature sound. It's, it's, it's one that she's been used to using, right? And so when she sings, the, the nature responds just like the song over her was saying. When, and she's absolutely gorgeous because that was the gift of beauty that was on the inside of her. And she has matured in that gift. So everything that was in her, the words that were spoken about her have started to mature. They, they grew with her. As she grew, they grew. As she uh, uh, continually used them, right? As she continually matured, they matured. And so we have to sometimes take a step back and thank God that even in the times when we didn't do what we were supposed to do, as long as we matured, <laughs> the gift wasn't removed from us. It matured. It grew. And so when we took when we took the agenda or the attention off of what we wanted to be or what we thought we should be should be and when we said okay I got this gift let me work this gift the gift began to make room and and to invite and draw all of these different things in nature because it was intended to the word was being accomplished because she was working the word right and so 
what she begins to do, though, is she begins to talk to these animals and she talks to them about the fact that she is discouraged because her aunts or these women that she's living with will not let her and they don't want her to meet anybody. Now, because they didn't express to her the fact that her life was in danger, she sees this as a punishment that the protective covering that these women have assigned to her life is more of a shackle than it is a help. And nine times out of 10, when we are maturing, we don't always understand that the ways that we grew up in and even sometimes the protective barriers that were put around us where we couldn't engage with certain people, we couldn't hang out with certain people, we couldn't go to certain places. All of those things were put in place because of the purpose and the word that was spoke over us, but also because that as well as the word was watching over us, there was still a very real enemy looking for us. And so at the moment that I let you go where you want to go, there's a possibility that waiting for you will be trouble. There's a possibility that waiting for you will be destruction. Waiting for you. If I let you loose, there's a possibility that Maleficent will find you. So I had to keep you hidden in the cottage. But if I don't express to you, your life is in danger. Your your life is valuable. I don't want you hanging around just anybody because anybody will be able to take advantage of you. If you don't express those things, it looks like you're putting me in a prison. So from, from this point out on, she said, well, they don't want me to meet anybody. But what I've done is I have met somebody. <laughs> and we hear the owl say, whoo, whoo, right? And she says, I've seen him. And she begins to talk about what happens when she sees him. And at the point of the climax where we see a a, a good story ending or, or what we're about to see who he is, she says, and just at this point, I wake up. And she expresses it that she has only met this man, has only met the man for her in her dreams. And if she could see it, And now this is the funny thing she says. She says, and I know that because I've seen it more than once, it's sure to come true. Most of us, Lord have mercy. Most of us, when God gives us a dream the first time or when God shows us something the first time, when God opens up our eyes to see a little bit of something and you don't necessarily know the fullness of what it is, but you just get a little clue as to what the dream is for you. Then you start to say, well, that's that sounds like a nice dream, but it could be chicken the first time you say that. Um, the second time you see a dream, right? You see it, you see see something reoccurring, it, it it happens again. You're like, okay, well, you know, I don't I didn't eat chicken this time, so I can't blame it on chicken. Um, but uh let's see what what else could I possibly maybe I maybe it's just something that I, I want. And she said she's seen us several times. So at the point where you start to see this dream over and over and over and over, most of us will say, okay, this dream must mean something to me. It must be a warning. It must be a clue, an indignation. It must be something that God wants me to know. And and she says it's sure to come true. So she's put so much faith into what's in her dream because she's seen it more than once. She says, okay, well, if, if it was only one time, I could say it, it's, it's just me being crazy. But because I've seen it so much, there's no way that this doesn't exist. And I'm tra- starting to think, 
have we seen the vision, the dream of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God enough to where we say the same thing she says. I've seen it so much, it must be true. I've, I've engaged with it so much that it's not just chicken. It's not just me being crazy. It's not just me needing to take a nap and, and, and needing to turn off the TV before I go to sleep. Now, now all of these things are, are, can, can affect the dream world, but there's some sometimes where we have been so busy and so oblivious in waking life that God will hijack our, hijack our dreams so that he is able to slip into us or slip into our view just a little small peek of what's to come. But it's only important to you if you believe that it's God or if you can recognize that it's more than just a feeling. It's more than just uh, I just I just keep seeing this thing over and I, I maybe I'm just maybe I'm just not getting it. Well, you need to go and take the dream to someone who will be able to explain it. But she does something interesting. She takes her her gift of song and begins to sing about this dream. I know this man and I met him and she begins to declare right with her gift that it's going to come true. She's going to see what's in her dreams, right? All of these things she's singing. Now the animals, I'm sorry, let me pause because while we, we realize that she's singing, we don't realize all the time that there was somebody that heard the song. And so while she's singing on one end, we see Prince uh, Philip He's in the in the in the area with his horse. And while he's in the area, he's like, that is a beautiful sound. And he goes to just trying to figure out where the sound is. And then he takes a break and he puts his coat and hangs his coat up, takes his shoes off. And he sits by by this uh, stream or whatever. And he's you know doing a great, great job of just listening to the sound and just engaging with the sound. And as he's engaging with the sound, the animals steal his clothes. Because they want to become what's in her song, become a part of her dream. They want to make sure that she is prepared, even in her song, to experience this in real life. So what they do is they go and find this real man's clothes and they take it from him and take off. And then as they dress themselves, she recognizes that they are getting her prepared, even in a funny way, just to daydream a little while longer. And I wonder, do you have anybody around you that when you begin to express the, the validity of your dreams, the, the power in what you've seen, if they will say, well, let's just go on and get ourselves prepared as if it's already happened. Let's let's see if we can make you uh, assimilate to what this will look like. Let's see. Let's see if you're waiting on the right man. Let's see if we can uh, try to adjust some things so that you'll know what you are. You are really looking for. You'll be ready when he comes. And, let, and, and if you don't have those kind of friends who hear your dreams and, and want to make sure you're prepared to meet them nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, you might be around some dream killers. How do I know? Because Joseph brothers, while they could have heard his dream and said, hey, man, you're going to be in charge. 
they were more offended because they figured he was talking about how much better he was. He was just telling them what they he had dreamed. He was just telling them what they what he had saw. And and he wasn't really trying to brag. He was just like, I just want y'all to know what God said. I just want I just want y'all to see. And and I saw y'all bow. I, I mean, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't dream this my own. I'm not trying to be fleshy, but but that's just what I saw. And and they responded in offense rather than saying, hmm. Well, that's interesting. That that let's go to Jacob about it. Well, we know Jacob. You had Jacob's favorite, so let's go to God. Nobody wanted to go to God because they didn't want to be affirmed that this dream was going to come true. They didn't want it to be true. They didn't want they didn't want uh, for him to fulfill right the plan of making them subject to him. And so you have to watch out because there are some people around you who will not be like the the animals in this film. They will not want you prepared. They'll actually want to take you out so you never accomplish your dream. You'll never see your dream beyond your dreams. So what ends up happening is that while they took his clothes to pretend to be a prince, the real prince showed up and heard the song. And not only did he hear the song, but he decided to engage with her and complete the song. Lord, have mercy. There are people that you have been, uh, they have actually already been set up to complete the thing that you're starting. The thing that you've seen, they they are assigned to come alongside you and they have the other piece of your song. And so while the prince comes and she's startled because she's not supposed to speak to strangers, uh, she's talking to him and, and she's like, I, I'm not really supposed to talk to strangers and like, you know, just, just go away. And he's like, we have met, we're not strangers. We met before we, we met once upon a dream. And he begins to sing the song that she sung just from the male perspective in the male octave. Okay. So he begun to become a part of, or to give her the missing piece of the song, because while we know in part, there is, there are other parts of the body who have the missing piece to our vision. And if we never connect to them, we don't hear the fullness of the song. And so as they connect together and they begin to dance, they begin to fall deeper and deeper in love. And what she realizes is that she got to go. And so she rushes off and he's like, but where am I going to see you next? And she sets a date for them to see each other at the cottage later on. It's obvious that she wanted to see him again because she didn't even take or feel like um, rushing away would not present an opportunity for her to preserve him for later. So she was saying, I know I got to go right now and I can't stay right now, but I don't want you to think this is over. I don't want to lose this place that we have. I don't want to, I don't want to forget that you existed. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to reserve you for a time. I'm going to say, okay, it's not right now, but, but maybe later on, just meet me later on. And when you meet me later on at the cottage, we'll be able to, to go ahead and, and maybe solidify this a little better. Maybe, maybe when I show you off to my, my aunties and maybe I'll show you off to these ladies who have raised me, then we'll be able to take this further. Cause I'm at the point now where I'm mature and I know that because I'm mature, if I do it on my own, I'll probably make the wrong mistakes. If I do it by myself, I'll probably choose the wrong things to say. I'll probably be caught up and swept up in this song that I won't make logical decisions and right decisions, right, for my life. So what she does is she reserves him for later, 
and says, okay, well, meet me here. But if you meet me here, then this will be fine. And she goes off. She comes back to the cottage. And as she, well, before she comes back to the cottage, before she gets back to the cottage, Meriwether, the, the, uh, the fairy in blue, is tired of pretending that they can make a cake, that they can clean the house, and that they can uh, make a dress in the strength of their own flesh. And she goes to find their magic wands. When she finds the magic wands, they tell the things that they want to be created to make themselves. <laughs> she opens the recipe book, or uh, Fauna opens the recipe book and says, just follow these instructions. And all the ingredients come together to become what the cake that she always wanted to make but couldn't do in her own strength. That, that once you get into the will of God, we talked about this a, uh, for a couple weeks, that once you get into the will of God, there's provision in the will of God and all of the things come together as they should. All things will work together for according for those who love God, one, but are called according to his purpose right so when you get in the purpose when you engage with the will then everything else just shows up and begins to be and do and so it was no longer the will for them to be in flesh because it was 16 she she had made it to 16 we we about to take her back anyway let's go ahead and just end this now and they they go on and they they set things up and they clean the house with the broom they fighting over what the color of the dress should be and all of and while they're fighting they don't realize that their magic is setting off signals because while they closed up the windows and they closed up the doors and they shut things up and they thought they were covering things smoothly so they wouldn't be seen using magic they didn't understand that there was a hole that they had not plugged up by the furnace or by the fireplace and then they start sending off signals and the signals the crow who Maleficent knows uh, or has sent to go and make sure that he finds the baby so or finds Aurora right so the crow sees and sees the sparks and realizes okay well I know where she is now okay well I know where to find her and there are people that are waiting on you to slip up. They're waiting on you to show. They're waiting on you to uncover. And as you uncover, they say, okay, good. I got her now. Good, good, good. I got her now. She came out. Good. I got her now. And so here's the funny part. You're only supposed to be concealed for a season. You're not supposed to stay concealed. You're only supposed to be concealed until you're mature. And so when she had come into maturity, it was time for her to be unveiled, right? It was time for the fairies to be unveiled. But because they were careless in their unveiling, they were signaled. They're signal went off and they were found out so here we go she gets back briar rose gets back to the house and she sees the cake and she sees the party dress and she sees that the cottage is set up like a birthday situation right she because because they ain't made a cake before and they haven't made her a dress like this before a blue dress that because that's the way it ended um so you, you see this blue dress and it's exciting and it's so beautiful and she says well this is great because now she, in her mind she's about to turn the birthday party that they made into a date because now she has a cake and she has a dress so it's a party now because her date is on the way. Her date is coming. And the funny thing is she says to the, the fairies, this is perfect. And it'll be great when you meet him. And they're like, 
you met somebody? You met a stranger? And she says, no, we haven't met. You know, we, we met each other before. Once upon a dream. And she begins to dance that dance that they dance and sing the song that they sang. And the women are like, wait, what? Hold on. Hold on. What? Wait. Hold on. Wait. But you can't. You can't engage with your dream. You 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 can't. I'm sorry. You you can't en- engage with your dream. And and one of the fairies says, "This is awful." And she's like, "Well, why is it awful? I'm mature. I'm 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 in a good position to love. I I can love now. What? I'm not immature. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Does this not sound like most of us that that when we are told it's not time yet, we say I'm ready, but I'm ready, but I got myself together, but I'm mature, but I'm mature. Wait a minute. Everybody else is getting. Why can't I? I'm, I'm still stuck. I'm still I'm still caught and you're still trying to keep me bound. What? Wait, why? Because I'm mature. I should be able to. And they respond with that's not it. That's not the reason. You can't you can't fall in love with this gentleman because uh, you're not mature. And, and I'm not even going to question your readiness. What I am going to say is that you are reserved. Good God have mercy. This helped me so bad. Uh, because what we like to think is that just because we choose that God is pleased with our choice because we chose. Right. He has given the executive order to us and that he wants no input in what we choose. Right. Whether it be for mate, life, purpose, plan, agenda, career, any any decision. Right. A big decision. Right. A decision that that involves a life switch like love. Right. We would think that he just he's okay because we made a choice. And while while he may be okay with you making a choice, it may not be his best choice for you. And and he's like, well, wait, I already had this set up for you. I, I I'd already re- I'd already reserved this for you. I'd already promised you to this person. I'd already set this up for this way. I already I already had this job lined up for you. And I know you you want to work at Macy's, and that's cool, and that's a fun job, but. I wanted you to get a career. I wanted you. I wanted you to not make a career out of Macy's because that's not the purpose I had for you. I was. I was actually calling you into the medical field, and I'm. I'm confused at why you're over there when, when you should be over here. But because she doesn't know her identity, and she doesn't know that she was planned from the beginning, and she didn't know that the word of blessing was over her life, and she didn't know that there was a, a, a very real enemy that is coming against her to make sure she doesn't fulfill said purpose and and said a blessing that it doesn't come to pass. So she doesn't know any of this. And all she knows is that she's been waiting this whole time for love. And now you're telling me I can't marry who I want. I'm still trapped into what y'all want and what y'all want for me. I don't want because I don't know anything about it. They say to her, but you're engaged already betrothed already arranged already to be with the prince and she says well i can't be with a prince because i would have to be and they say yeah a princess which you are 
we couldn't we couldn't tell you right away that you were we had to conceal your identity we had to we had to tell you you're brown rose you are king stefan's daughter and our job of hiding and concealing you is over and you're supposed to come to the put the to the castle back to the castle tonight and you're supposed to become uh what he has been waiting for he's waiting for you to join forces forces and join the kingdoms but what she understands is for briar rose or aurora she doesn't know aurora's lifestyle she doesn't know what that will be like and so what both of them did wrong is neither one of them researched who she had met because to be honest she had met the right one good lord she had met the right one and just didn't know she knew in her heart that it was the right one but the people around her didn't know it was the right one they only knew that she was daydreaming they only knew that she was engaged in this love spell and it it felt right for her and they and they didn't really understand and they also knew that she was promised to a prince and if we're out here in the woods there's no way out here in the cottage a prince will be out here looking for aurora or looking for briar rose but what they didn't know was that she had actually met the right man and what briar rose didn't know is that if she would just get in line with the purpose that was already set before her then what she wanted was a part of that lord have mercy was a part of that purpose most of us if we would just give god a yes for real a okay i know i want this and this seems like heaven and earth to me but if you're saying this is the way you want me to go because it will make your kingdom come then i would rather do that and make sure that your kingdom is come but but that we don't like to do that because it compromises what we want we don't because and, and most of the time We don't even know what we want. Can we be honest? We don't even know all the time what is best for us because we don't even know who we are all the time. We don't even know the purpose and plan beyond this year, five years from now, 10 years from now. We have no idea what's coming up the road. We have no idea who it will affect if we don't become. And so what we end up doing is saying, but I want what I want. And they're saying, I'm sorry, I've been put in your life to make sure you meet the word. I've been put in your life to make sure you meet the standard. I've been put in your life to make sure that you're covered until the time to be uh, uncovered. And now that you're being uncovered, I just don't want anything attaching to you just because you're uncovered, just because you're ready, just because you're mature, just because you think it's time. Woman, man of God, it is not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man or whatever. It doesn't matter because the purpose and plan of God is the best direction. How do I know? Because it doesn't just bless you it doesn't just fulfill you it doesn't just satisfy you but it satisfies the purpose of God and the purpose of the kingdom it satisfies what he has always intended for us let me calm all the way down I'm gonna take a break hold on I'm gonna take a break (laughs) 
Hey y'all, it's your girl Nina T and I'm here with a special announcement. Now, I'm only doing this because this is something big, guys. Something big is happening and you need to know about it. I'm going to bring you the news first. Well, not first, but you know what I'm saying. Listen, October 23rd through the 25th is going to be probably the biggest launch of 2020. Now, we've had a whole bunch happen, but trust me, you have not seen anything like what's happening on that date. What's happening, you ask me? The launch of Refuge City Ministries, the church that is going to change the game. I'm super excited because not only is this a virtual launch for the ministry, but it is a virtual launch for our friend, the friend of the party. Pastor Justin Ruffin. And we are super excited because there's going to be so much greatness that happens that weekend. Now, it's going to be amazing worship, amazing information, so much that God is going to download. And the theme is reestablishing the kingdom. So we're going to make sure that we hear and lean in to what God is going to do and how his kingdom is going to come and how his will will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm going to post a flyer because I want you to register. I want you to be a part of this. This is major. This only happens once. There's only one launch and you want to make sure that you're in the place to be. Now, not only are you going to hear from so many other wonderful, powerful ministers and, and teachers and so many other gifts from the JR Ministries team, but you're not only going to hear from Pastor Ruffin, but your girl Nina T is in the building too. So please make sure you come through. I want to see you there. Listen, it's only up from here. And if you miss it, you can't say you weren't warned. But this is one mission that will be accomplished. I'm super excited and I can't wait to see you there. Okay, I'm back. I think I'm, I'm calm a little bit. I'm a little calm. I'm a, I, don't, I can't promise I'm a stay calm, but because this is real good. Okay, so let's go. So the kings now are celebrating that this is the end of the hiding period. Um, they're celebrating that now their children will be able to marry and their kingdoms will be united. King Hubert wants them to get together immediately. But King Stefan knows that it's been 16 years since he has seen his daughter and he wants to be able to have time with her. And, and, and this is, this is funny uh, because he says to him, like, she just got home. She's just getting back to the castle. Like what? And he's like, well, they can get married and have kids and let's, let's get a woods maker to make a cradle. And they start getting upset and fighting each other based off of hypotheticals. So they still haven't set anything in stone, although we know that they are betrothed to get married. Um, we haven't seen Briar Rose or Aurora, and we haven't seen Prince Philip at this point, except for when they are engaging in the woods. But we haven't seen them come together in agreement past that moment. And so... Some stuff has changed, right? Some things have changed, but the kings know what they set up and know what they set in order. And because they know what they've set in order, 
they are more concerned about that coming to pass than they are um, making sure that these kids get what they want. Now, let me say it like this. The enemy doesn't mind, and I'm going to say say this in, in, in the way that we can understand. The enemy does not mind you getting stuff quickly. And I'm not saying that King Herb Hubert is a um is a a mean king or he you know he's he's an evil king. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that sometimes the most of the time, right? Rushing into stuff is not the best way, especially when you don't have and have not spent time with the king. When you have not spent time uh, developing the next steps with the king, then nine times out of 10, rushing into it might not be the best idea for you. Um, but if if the king has said, well, I need you to go into this quickly. If the king has taken the stance of Hubert and says, it's now, then we don't have time to debate if we should wait a year. We don't have time to debate if we're mature enough. We don't have time to debate if it's time for, or if this is the right way. If God is saying, this is the way, this is the time, you have to do it now. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the only one that is Alpha and Omega, which means he has been at the beginning and has already gone to the end. And so we, while we are trying to figure out it in the middle, he is also the only one that is present with us there. So if he has already been to the end, if he already knows the way, then him saying to me, uh, you need to get in the way or you need to follow my instruction. You need to get in this now. You need to work this now. Uh, uh, do this now for me is not necessarily about what I want, but it's more about the unifying of his kingdom. Because when I am myself, when I am going and flowing in who he had has made me to be um, as a part of his kingdom, it unifies me to not only him, but it unifies me to the rest of the kingdom, to the rest of the body. Um, if I never become my peace, if I never become my part, then I don't challenge the other parts of the body to fit and to supply. So it's my job as a kingdom citizen to desire what the king wants above what I want. It's it's the desire of a true citizen of a kingdom to want to be and do and say and, and be a part of what the king is desiring more than I desire to do what I want and what I what I think is best. Because who says I know what's best? Who who says I know? I, I know I don't. <laughs> Let's be clear. I'm not under any uh, any uh, delusions. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm not drunk with pride. I don't think I know everything there is to know about my life. And so it would behoove me to agree with the one who does. It would behoove me to get on board with the one who has already laid out and made the path for me. That would be the easiest way. I would, I, I would, I would try to become a part of His kingdom instead of trying to force my own and trying to do my own will and do my own way. So, after this lovely little play fight, and they come together and they they're fine, right? Uh, King Herbert 
hears the, the sound of his son coming. And he sees that Philip is coming back from being in the forest or whatever. And uh, he sees him and Philip is coming to do the same thing that Briar Rose or Aurora was doing with the three fairies. She was going to tell them about the experience that she had. And so Philip is coming to his father and he's saying that he has met the girl that he's going to be with. And the king is like, well, great, you met Aurora? And he's like, I didn't say I met Aurora. I'm saying I met the one I want to be with. So I'm saying, I'm not saying whatever you set up for me. I'm just saying I went out and I met somebody else. And he was like, well, what? I, well, who is this other person? And he's like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. She's probably some peasant. She's probably some, some regular girl. I don't know. Because he didn't know who she was. But he was already in love with her. He had already determined she was the one. Right. Without knowing who she was, without knowing her background, without knowing where she came from, just as Briar Rose or Aurora did the same thing, fell in love with the dream, fell in love with the goal, fell in love with the end result and didn't understand what had happened previously to even see if it matched up. If this was the same person that was prophesied in the beginning to be her husband, because there was a word, there was a word of who he was to marry in the beginning. And so he didn't uh he didn't say, you know, I might want to figure out who this girl is and who she's connected to cuz that might that might No, he was caught up in the dream. And sometimes when we're caught too far again, when we caught too far up in the dream, we end up missing uh key things about who this person is and who they have always been. Cuz again, this was the right person. But he still didn't have enough to tell his father. He didn't have enough information about her to tell his father that this was the girl that was the same one that was prophesied. The same one that was betrothed. Because all he knew was he met her in the woods and she was probably like a peasant girl. And because he didn't know who she was or where she came from, he wasn't able to really defend his position of why she was worthy enough to be his wife. Right. Whether why he should betroth, because the, the king is saying, do you even know who you are? You're a prince and you're talking about marrying some peasant girl when I have already set up and arranged for you to marry a princess. Now, again, we already know that she's the princess, but she's not in the position yet. And sometimes when you're out of position, when you haven't been returned to your rightful place, when you've been, you haven't come out of hiding, when God hasn't finished making you, it's not the right time for you, right? To be revealed as the love or the one. You're, you're sometimes supposed to be the one you met, the, the one that you had a, a great engaging conversation with, the one that you uh, like to have conversations with or like to uh, engage with, but it's not time for the one yet because we still got some, we, we got to get past this curse of the 16th birthday. We still, we still haven't gotten past the original curse of what happens at the evening of her 16th birthday. And so what we realize is that he is manipulative, right? And so he says to his father, because he knows his father is is really high and emotional, right? And really upset that his, his son would even bring to him a peasant girl to replace the princess that he's already set up and in, in line for him to marry. Um, so he knows he's emotional and he's like, 
he's like, no, you're going to go. And he was like, yep, go and marry the one I want. And so he tricked his father into say the king into saying what he wanted him to say. Lord, this is going to get me in trouble. There are a lot of us that like to say the king said, God said what I want him to say. What we did was we repeated it so much that we heard it in our subconscious and then then attributed what we heard said over and over again that we said, we attributed it to the king saying it. And after a while, if you start talking to yourself long enough, you'll put your own voice above the king's and you'll manipulate it to be like the king said it. And the whole time the king is like, but that's not what I wanted for you. I know you keep repeating that to me. I know you keep bringing that to me. I know it seems easy and right to you because it's a dream. It's caught up in the dream. But if you want to make dreams into reality, you can't do it without me. Good Lord. You can never take what is in your dreams and bring it to a full place of reality to make it be your life and have it sustained without giving the sustainer the, the opportunity to set it up for you. Because again, this was the right person. But if it's not done the king's way, it's not supposed to be done that way. If it's not done for the kingdom, it's not good enough. It's, it's still not the way it's supposed to be. Because my life is not built on me getting what I want for, for the sake of me wanting it. But my life, when Jesus died in my place, and I accepted his death, then I accepted the right for him to live through me. So what I did was because he died in my place, I have to give him my life and let him live in my place. Yeah, because he took the death portion from me. I need to give the life portion back to him. The problem is most of us want to accept his death and then live our life. And that's not how this works. It's an exchange. And so when he gave me the the freedom from having to succumb to the penalty of death by sin, when he said, when he said, okay, all of the sins you have ever committed and will ever commit before you even get to doing them, I'm going to pay the ransom for it. I'm going to pay the death that covers all of them. What he was expecting is that when I come into agreement with that sacrifice, when I accept him as my savior, I then not only leave him as savior, but I take him on as Lord. And as I take him as Lord, he then becomes the person who is in control of how the life should be governed. Why? Because he got the rights to it. He got the rights to the life because he paid for it with his death. And so if it, if if the things that are in my dream are in my dream and I want to see them in reality and I want to see them sustained, I cannot do them without the king. I can't do it in a way that only benefits me. And so Philip is on his way to make his own dreams come true. he's on his way to make his own dreams come true and while he's doing that his dream is now actually returning to the castle and she is frustrated and and drained and upset because not only does she miss uh she's not able to meet with her dream man 
But now she's got to go into a life that she didn't know anything about. She's got to be a princess and, and, and go and live this life and, and be married to somebody she doesn't know. And she has to become accustomed to a lifestyle that she didn't even know she had access to. And while she's doing that, they realize that she's upset. And so in order to uh, give her a symbol, I believe this technically was supposed to be the third gift that Meriwether was going to give. But she had to sacrifice that initial blessing in order to uh, change the fate of Maleficent's bless, uh, curse. In order to change the fate of Maleficent's curse, she had to give up her blessing. And I believe that this blessing that they give now was the one she wanted to give in the beginning. And so because they realize she's upset, they say, we have one more gift for you. And it's a crown. Because I want you to see, I want you to see that it's not about the man. I want you to see that it's not about the stuff. It's not it's not even about who you thought you were. It's about what you actually are. And so I've got you a crown so that you will forever really feel the place of your royalty, that you will be reminded that your life is not just for you, but it's it's to serve at the pleasure of the king. It's, it's, you're, you're, you're a princess. Yes. And so the standard is you wear a crown so that everyone knows it. You're a princess and you, you no longer are having to hide that you are um, as beautiful as you are. And you no longer have to hide or conceal that you have the gift of song. You no longer have to hide and conceal that you grew in grace and that you're mature and that you're ready to love and that you're in the space to marry. And so since you don't have to hide anymore, we're going to give you something that will allow you to be on display. But because she is so hurt, because she is so distressed, because she is in despair and in regret over the life she wanted, she does not recognize the gift of what she's being given. She has been set back in her rightful place and to her, it is the cursed place. So they leave her in the room because she's crying and upset and they leave her in the room and as they leave her in the room, a you see a green little circle spin. And that green circle spin is an a indicator that Maleficent is watching. And not only is she watching, but she has an access point. Most of the access points to our life are when we decide to have grievances with God about his will for us. And when we decide to sit in shame and to sit in regret and to sit in fear and to sit in doubt and to sit in uh, despair and to sit in heaviness, we open up access points to be drawn deeper into dark places. And so as this access door was open, Maleficent draws her in and then closes the door behind her so that the fairies can't follow. But the fairies have magic. (laughs) They're no longer hiding their magic. So they go and they follow and they're trying to find her. And there's so many routes and directions, but she's being led and drawn in by Maleficent to the one thing that is a curse to her. 
to the one thing that is meant to make her go into an eternal sleep. Now, now into a sleep until she comes to love, right? But the truth of the matter is they have spent 16 years hiding her, protecting her, covering her so she doesn't have to engage with this, so she can skip this, so she can miss this part of the process. And she still ends up right at the spindle because she allowed the access point of despair to remain open. The Bible tells us you know, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Why does it say that? So that the enemy doesn't have a foothold. That's one of the access points. The fact that things didn't go your way and you upset and you mad and you angry and you want to hold on grudges and all of that stuff. It's an opening for the enemy can draw you in into torment, into like you can literally be drawn deeper and deeper in despair because you have opened the door. And you have not agreed with God quickly like the word tells us to do. So they finally find her. And when they find her, they find Maleficent first. And Maleficent says, you silly fools. You thought that you would be able to keep this from me. You thought you were going to outsmart me. You thought my plan wasn't going to go off without a hitch watch this look at your princess and there on the floor is aurora now this is the crazy part aurora heard for a minute the voices she was familiar with say don't touch it and for a moment she stopped and did not touch it but because the door was still open she was drawn deeper into despair and touch the spindle, which ended up her making the prophecy about where she would go and how she would, uh, her 16th birthday would end. It made it come alive because she was drawn in, right? So she's on the ground. They pick her up. The, the fairies do pick her up, put her on the bed. But we also forget this isn't just about her. Because the dream ain't just for the one dreamer. It, it was two dreamers in this dream. And the other dreamer, who has forsaken his obligation, is also gone too. They both are, are forsaking their obligation to each other, trying to be with each other. Isn't that crazy? So that he's forsaken his obligation. And he goes to the, the place they're supposed to meet. And guess who he runs into? All of the goons and Maleficent. And, and she bounds him up. So not only did she get the one that she wanted, but she also got the answer to the problem too. Lord have mercy. She not only got the one that was supposed to be, uh, that she wanted to bind, but she also got the one that was going to be the one to set her loose. So, so now Maleficent has an advantage because not only has she gotten the one she wanted, but she got the one that was supposed to set her free too because, because we both were out of the will. Because we both chose to do what we wanted. Because we both decided what we desired was better than the king's will. And so now, not only is Aurora under a spell, under the sleeping curse, but now the only choice or only op opportunity of true love that we know of, right, that she could engage with is bound up as well. Lord have mercy. When we decide to do things our own way, we not only trap us. Yep. We trap, we trap ourselves. And then get this part. 
not only did she trap her herself, right? And not only is she under the sleeping curse, and not only is her love bound up, but then because the, the fairies don't want the rest of the kingdom to understand the disappointment of all of their hard work going asunder and all of the hard work not being uh, made for nothing, being in vain, what they have to do now is put everybody under a curse. Lord, everybody sleep. Everybody sleep until the, the promise is fulfilled. Everybody asleep until Aurora wakes up. Woo! So not only, not only are you, you bound, not only is your love bound, but the whole kingdom is bound. Waiting on you to come alive. Waiting on you to come awake. Waiting on you to regain consciousness. God have mercy. But the only way that you can regain consciousness is if someone is freed and that can give you a true love kiss, right? An expression of true love. So what ends up happening is that the fairies have a, have a decision to make because now they know, they, they ran back to the cottage and they know that Stefan is also trapped too. And he's at Maleficent's uh, Forbidden Mountain um, in her Forbidden Castle where they are not supposed to go. And they say, we can't go there. But then they have a resolve like, we must, we are the only hope. Woo-wee. There are some <laughs> there are some people that are listening to this podcast. You may not be Aurora in this season, and you may not be Stefan in this season, and you may I mean um not Stefan the King, you may not be uh Prince Philip in this season, uh, but you may be a, a fairy to someone else. You may be someone else's help. Yeah, you may be someone else's help, and you may be thinking that the job of setting them free, the job of helping them to get free is too much for you, but you have help. Lord have mercy. You carry the help. Yeah. So if you have been set and assigned to be an assistance, if you have been set and assigned to be someone who sets people free, that means you must carry freedom in you. And if you carry freedom in you, when people come in contact with you, they are free. So the, the fairies knew that they had to go and find Philip. And when they found Philip, they found him being tormented. Now, this is this is the crazy part. The enemy, Maleficent, and the goons are having a whole party because they are celebrating the fact that while the grace has been extended and while the beauty has been complete and, and, and is made manifest and, and while the song is still being sung, it's still on the inside, all of that stuff is under uh, asleep or in a coma. Everything else is under their curse and their curse has been fulfilled. And so they are celebrating because they are winning at this point or so they think. Yeah, yeah. See, see, because right at the moment that the enemy decides to start celebrating your defeat, they have no idea that in the same building, in the same room, when the enemy would like to torment and taunt, in the same room is the help. Good Lord. While they they didn't know, Maleficent didn't know that as she was taunting the prince about not being able to save Aurora and, and that a hundred years later, she was probably going to release him. So he'd be too old to fight and too old to, to even uh, get to it. It'd be, it'd be not a, a, a place where he might, he might not even make it a hundred years. So, so all of this stuff she's tormenting him with because she knows he's the answer and he's bound up. But he, what she doesn't know is in the corner, right 
as 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 <laughs> right as they are about to leave, out comes the help, which is the fairies. And the fairies begin to free him. They set all of the, the chains and the bonds off of his feet and arms. They give him a, a, a armor. You know, they give him a sword they get, of truth. They give him a shield to, to block off all of the attacks, right? And they make sure that he is dressed to go through what he's about to go through. Now, most of us don't understand that you cannot run into an attack. You can't run to complete the assignment. You can't even run to deliver anybody else without having the armor of God on. See, most of us think we're going to go in blind and just go in and start swinging. Well, the enemy doesn't fight the way we fight. And so we need to sleep, eat, breathe, live in the armor of God. The armor of God is full of all of the things we need in order to combat the enemy and not only combat him but be able to withstand the attack what do i mean he gives us a helmet of salvation to keep our mind saved right to keep from because because what is under the the helmet is our brain and the brain is the motherboard so once you get the brain you mostly got the whole body so so we got to keep the head covered we got to keep the the, the, the chest covered so there's no darts to get to my heart. So I put on the breastplate of righteousness. There's, there's, uh, we got to keep me from uh, losing my pants and keep me from being exposed. So I put on the belt of truth. I have to make sure my feet are shod with the preparation of peace so that my footsteps are ordered by the Lord. But I'm also walking in the gospel that gives me peace. I have to take on the shield of faith for it is my faith that will be able to quench the darts of the enemy. And then I take on the sword of the spirit because if I'm going to fight and I'm not going to have to do defense I'm if I'm not doing defense with my my faith shield I'm going to be doing offense I'm going to have to cut some things down and it's not going to cut down by my Oprah talks by my Ayanda Van Zant. it's not going to come down by none of Dr. Phil's quotes ain't going to come down by Michelle Obama I, and I love all these people and they have great things to say but it is the word of God yes Lord that breaks the fetter it is the word of God that will be able to challenge what happened when Jesus went into the wilderness and he was famished right and all of a sudden the enemy the tempter shows up and he starts talking about turning stones into bread what came out of him was the only tool that he needed in order to fight and the tool was man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God it's a scripture and so because he knew how to fight he knew that just pushing the enemy or just just telling the enemy he was a liar wasn't enough he needed the word to back up what he was saying it wasn't enough to just say get on from me satan but he had to back it up with the word because i want to make you a liar i want you to be i want you to know that what you're saying to me has no avail because in me is truth and i fight off every lie that you spit at me with the truth so instead of him going in naked he has the armor and there is an alarm set, you know, it, by way of crow, because the crow realizes that he done got free. And so the crow starts to call, and then all of the goons come, and he starts fighting them off and off, just fighting them, fighting them, fighting them. And he gets out, he, he ends up, and guess what happens? Every step of the way to deliverance, the fairies are his help. Every step of the way, he has help. I want to encourage you. Every step of the journey, 
everything that you have to endure, every hardship, even if you have to come against uh, not feeling like you have enough because there was a place where he was riding the horse and the horse leaped up in the air, but it didn't have enough uh, a give. It, w- it wasn't long enough. It didn't have enough of a jump in order for him to make it. But when the, the fairy s- shot at the horse, it lifted it enough so it could make the jump. And so there are some times where we are called to make a leap of faith and what all we are going in on is faith. And so what the Holy Ghost does is comes in and and because we have him right on the inside of us, he will make up the difference. He is God's spokesman in in our, he is the comforter that was left to us that will lead and guide us to all truths, right? He helps make up the difference. He gives us the grace. And so what's happening is every time we take a leap, he gives us an extra boost to, to make the jump, right? And every time that we come up against full, uh, thorns, we got to pick up the word because you know, for in the Bible, the thorn was to keep us humble, right? The thorn is, is it can be a, a word or it can be something that uh, makes things not easy for us. It makes things, uh, it, we could probably do what we do a little better. We could get to the castle if it wasn't for the thorns. But all we got to do is take the word and just continue to cut until we get our way through. See, see, we think that our, um, our thorn is bigger than the grace. But that's not what the word says. The word says that my grace is sufficient for you. Even in the midst of your thorn, even if your thorn is, is causing you problems, it's it's clouding the way, it's okay. Take the word and cut it down. Just as Prince Philip did. Cut those things down. Get your way. Fight through. You're going to have to fight through. Nothing is going to come easy. Dreams are not made reality by a happenstance. Everything about making a dream into a reality is an intentional move. And you have to be able to agree with God. You have to say, okay, this is an obstacle. It doesn't look like I'm going to make it. But I agree because you already told me I got victory. So I'm going through this. I'm going to fight through this. And I'm going to win. I will never be defeated. I am more than a conqueror. That's the word. And I believe because you said I am more than a conqueror that I will conquer this. If you said I can do all things through Christ Jesus that is in me... Because I'm in Christ Jesus, I can do this thing. I'm not afraid. I will not be backed down because God is not giving me the spirit of fear, but he's giving me love, power, and a sound mind. And my sound mind tells me I can make it through this. The love that you give me tells me you will cover me in this. And I have power to power through this. So it only takes you knowing the word. If you don't know the word, you don't have an adequate means to fight. You're going to a war. You're going to a gunfight with a pencil. And that's not good enough. You're not going to be able to make it unless you have the right tools. And you have the help. Now, God promised he would never leave you nor forsake you. And so that's why he left the comforter for you. So that while he, when Jesus went away, he wasn't going away to stay away. He he sent the comforter to quicken us, to give us the ability to do what we could not do on our own. And, and now we have his presence always with us, which means he has still not left us. He is the help. We have to engage the help. Help us to make it past this this next step. Help us to make it past the thorns. Help us to make it past the 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 bad evil spirit. Now, this is the last and final test because what comes up last is the mother boss level of all of the challenges that he's ever faced. And the boss level 
is that he has to face evil itself. He has to face the dark one itself. He has to face Maleficent and what Maleficent calls on is all of the powers of hell. Lord have mercy. That is all of the demonic evil forces is what she says is coming up. And you're going to face me this time because I tried to let you face these little thorns. I tried to let you face these little goons and you overcame them. But what, what the enemy believes is that when you come up against him, you won't be able to overcome. But if I said you are more than a conqueror because the word says it, it means that there is even a tactic. There is even a, a way to defeat the enemy and it's very simple the word says submit to God resist the devil and he will flee it doesn't even say you have to fight it said submit to God resist the devil and he will flee so at this point he's tried all he could with his sword with his sword he tried all he could with his, his shield and Maleficent is such a bad 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 person Right, and she's taken on the form of a dragon, so she has knocked out of him his hand the shield, and so all he has is the sword. But just when we think that Prince Philip is going down for the count, his help comes, and the help commands the sword to go and kill the evil one because he has submitted <laughs> to the place of deliverer, he has submitted. And resisted the option to do his own thing. He is only in, in invested in getting the princess, which was always the goal. <laughs> He's only interested in saving the princess, which was the goal. And so, and, and now he wants to fix it, right? He's going to fix it. This is how we fix it. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Resist the option to back away, back down, and just show up to the fight. Because once you show up, the help will help you complete the fight. Ask David. All David did was show up with his regular tools. And when he shot his tools off, because he believed in the name of the Lord, because he be, he went in the name of the Lord, the Lord showed up and he ended up defeating as a child, a giant who was teasing him the whole time, who didn't think he had it in him to beat him, who thought he was the boss level of all of the um, fights that he would ever fight. But David took him out with no problem because he stepped into the name of the Lord, because he submitted to God and resisted the enemy and he fled and he died in this case. And in, in, in Maleficent's case too, she died because the sword was now directed at the place that where it needed to go and it took out the enemy. Now, we only have one thing left to do and that's wake up the princess as well as the rest of the kingdom so Stefan goes in he sees her laying there and because she's the one he wanted anyway he kisses her and true love wakes her up and <laughs> not only does it wake her up but because the prophecy has been uh, fulfilled and that she is now uh, awakened by true love's kiss now, because true love conquers all, everyone else can come out of their stupor. Everyone else can come out of their sleeping place. Everyone else can wait, awaken and enjoy the celebration. But as they awaken, they awaken in the last place they were. So they awaken and, and King Hubert is about to tell Prince uh, or King Stefan 
that his son, Philip, no longer wants to marry the one that he has been betrothed to marry. But it's funny how things work, that when you take your hand off of them, when you allow uh, things to just become, they become. And so when, as he's about to tell him what he feels, the trumpets sound and they see Aurora come down. But then next to her is the prince. And, and, and now he's got a changed heart and he wants her. But the whole time, if he had just agreed in the first place, and if she had just agreed in the first place, they'd have had what they wanted. <laughs> Again, if we would just submit to God, resist the devil, let him flee, our submission to God will put us right in the place to get all of our dreams and have all of our dreams become true. Because it's not enough to see him once upon a dream. All right, listen, I'm sorry. I meant to do the the little um little disclaimer in the beginning. My voice did get a little elevated, but this is what happens when you get a great story like this. There's so much for our faith, and I hope you got every gem that you needed. Um, I saw God's love all through here, and I hope you felt it. Um, now, as we end this podcast, I have a couple of things I want to bring to your awareness. So, the first thing is that I am super excited to tell you guys that our next episode is not going to be on this platform. It's going to be live on Facebook. I need to see you on October 28th at 8 o'clock. We're going to go live and we're doing our next film. And I'm super excited because... It's one of my favorite movies and there is so much that we have to pull out of it. Now, I, I, I'm i not going to tell you just yet, but I will give you a hint. The hint is not only is this one movie, but it's two. And not only is it two movies, it's two movies about the same person. But there are two sides to every story. That's all I'm going to say. And you need to check out our Feedback Friday posts because I'll be unveiling it what we're doing on Friday. So Friday, look out for the post and you'll see um, the exact, uh, exactly what I'm talking about. But just remember, there are two sides to every story. All right. Two movies and in two movies, there are two sides to every story. All right. So if you are not following us on Facebook and Instagram, please follow us at Kid Like Faith. We spell faith F the number eight th um if you have any uh, feedback or any love or anything you want to share with me please email me at kidlikefaith at gmail.com um you can also hit my dms that's cool too um but i want to hear from you guys please look out for our thursday tidbits you know just to let me know um all of the great things that you got from this episode and then also look out for feedback friday because again i'm gonna announce what that movie is so you want to be there and i want to see your reaction i want to join i want you to join into the community and it's going to be so fun please make sure you are there october 28th 2020 at eight o'clock on facebook live it's gonna be amazing i promise you um i got some things up my sleeve so I hope you guys are ready for a ride that you'll never forget. And until then, 
please make sure that you keep your faith kid-like. Bye!